Yes, there will be treats. All right. Um, again, you know, just a reminder here at the new year that there are pre-worship service activities at 9.30 every, every Sunday uh, throughout the year. We'll have uh, the coffee bar open, uh, classes for all ages. Um, the youth group meets upstairs with me and my wife. Um, there's a healing class that'll meet in the fellowship hall and uh, Breaking Intimidation by John Bevere um, uh, with uh, Paul Hoffland and Andrew Erholtz. We'll be looking at that book, so check those things out. Um, also, uh, from Kathy Cootley, uh, the children's ministry director, uh, has a little note here for us so that in the kids' church, uh, we are continuing our study of Psalm 139 as we go into the new here here. Um, how each child is a masterpiece made by God, um, and we're praising God because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. All right. Also, if you want to uh, give towards uh, the building maintenance and refurbishing projects, uh, or the TCC highway sign that we're trying to fu get funding for, um, please put uh, your offerings in the envelope indicating a uh, gift for these projects and place them in the offering boxes, which are at the back. Um, the total dollar amount for these projects will be uh, 35000 and we're just uh, already thanking him that he's going to supply our needs, that all these things are going to be taken care of. Um, and lastly, we just have some events coming up here in January. Um, we have some healing, uh, prophetic deliverance services. Um, the first one on uh, Wednesday, January 17th, and that's going to be led by Dean Patro. And then another one on the 31st, led by Tim Pomp. And those are at 6.30. All right. So before we uh, just say a prayer over our offering here, have a blessed life moment to start out our new year. Okay. And this is called Christ-like excellence. And it starts with 1 Corinthians 12.31 through 13.8. But earnestly desire the best gifts... And yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all the mysteries and all knowledge in the world, and though I have all faith so that I could remove the mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not that love, it profits me not a thing. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy, does not parade itself, it does not boast, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and it thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Now lately, I've been thinking a bit about the need for, for spirit-led excellence in all that we do. Those best gifts that Paul was talking about. This idea that as Christians we should not cower in the face of the world or hide away in our churches but should be able to walk boldly out those front doors every Sunday, knowing full well our identity in Christ, right? And behaving with the mindsets of sons and daughters of a great and glorious king. 
that we should expect our Heavenly Father to provide, protect, heal, and bless. These are the things that we talk about and hear about often here. However, I was also thinking about, as I was thinking about this, I realized that as much as God desires us to be the best, have the fun, shake the world, I believe first and foremost he is concerned whether we are just keeping our eyes quite simply and humbly fixed upon him, that his love, goodness, and mercy dwells in us and pours out of us every day, regardless of whether we gained anything by it, perhaps even if it cost us our time or our resources, perhaps if it made no sense at all in the moment or is counter to our own plans and our own desires. What I want us to remember as we leave these doors every Sunday morning this 2018 is that we can rely on our God, trust in his unfailing love before asking um, what the church can do in this world to gain respect or resources or get, bring in the people that we need. Ask how you can be his hands and his feet, be his joy and his life right where you are today. All right. So we thank you, Jesus, that you are that provider of everything that we need and that, by extension, we are the provision in this world for everything that this world needs in this 2018, that all these convoluted, complex things that happen in the world can simply be reduced to a need for you. So Jesus, we ask for that provision of you and you alone, your truth in 2018, and we thank you for what you are going to do. In your name, amen. Thank you, Peter. Joyce, do you want to come up now? Or do you want to stand here, or up there, or right here? Just want to thank you, Peter, for that and for the blessed life moments. Uh, Peter's writing a lot of those now himself, and they're anointed of God. and. Also, the praise and worship time was just yes. wonderful this morning. Again, so thankful for all our worship leaders and worship teams, and um, so thankful for our church family. Uh, family is so much, and it means so much. You know, we've been, and I'm going to turn the mic over to Joyce in a moment here, but uh, by the way, it's Joyce's birthday today. Very yeah, enough said. <laughs> I won't go into won't go into that any further. As far as my mom always said, she was thirty nine until she was about eighty. So, um, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> right? It was enough said. <laughs> okay, but uh, family, church family, this church family means so much to us. And just seeing your faces this morning, it just brings renewal and strength. We're feeling like we're needing a, a, a few days just to recoup and regroup type thing after going down there. And we'll probably share more at more length, a little more sometime down the road too. But uh, right now Joyce has something here she's going to share. So. Um, I want to thank Ruth for leading the worship in that last song, Holy, Holy. Um, I wasn't expecting to share anything this morning, but as soon as she began to lead that song, 
that's how I've been describing the last moments that we had with my mother. Um, she transitioned to heaven a week ago, Sunday, a week ago. And that's how I described it. It was Steve and I and my younger sister Sharon with, with her. It was a holy transaction. I, I, to witness the last breaths give place to eternal life with Jesus. It was holy. It was holy. And so over and over a visitation, our, our daughters, Sarah and her husband, Andrew, our two sons, Andy and John, and their wives, Jen and Jennifer, came up for the visitation was when? Tuesday night, and then they were there at her funeral on Wednesday. But that, we had hundreds of people that we're talking with, and that was the word that I used to describe um, mom's transition. So she's now enjoying heaven with Jesus and Bud, her husband, my dad, who went there seven years ago. And the other thing that struck me was, and Stephen had mentioned this this morning too, weeks or months ago when we found out she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, it began to affect the left side of her body. First she used a cane, then she went to a walker, and then she had to use a wheelchair. But... My, our distance, we live like, what, seven hours, seven, eight hours, seven hours away from Leota, southwest Minnesota. And so I just asked the Lord, my one sister lives right next door. The other two are within an hour. But I have distance between me and my mom at this time of her weakening. And I just went to the Lord about it, and he said it so clearly. He said, Joyce... Your part is to pray in tongues. That's something your sisters don't know how to do. That's your part. And I did. I was obedient. When I would start to feel like being disconnected from her or from that situation, I would activate praying in the spirit and um, knowing that I was obeying what the Holy Spirit told me. And even as we went down there, um, I forget, a week ago Thursday, we were with her five days in the care center. And the privilege of praying in the spirit over my mother. Sometimes she was resting, you know, she didn't know I was there. I could do it out loud if it was private or I could just do it quietly, her last moments when we were with her, we were praying in the spirit, and what a gift from Father God for us as his children, and we just want to do a whole bunch of that in our living, that's what that gift of the Holy Spirit is for, for our living, for day to day, so I want to thank each one of you for your 
prayers, for your love, your support, and we felt it. Anyone that's gone through times like this, it's not normal. There's things that are pulled out of you. There's energy. There's uh, exhaustion. There, there's just things. And I, I personally could feel your love and your prayers. So I thank you for that. Yeah, so thank you for your prayers and for your emails and for your texts and for your all those other things that we do to communicate because uh, they all were very special. And uh, we will be going to the True Bridge Retreat this week now. And then actually that's in Brainerd. From there we're going to be going to Leota again to help with things with the house and stuff like that. But we'll be back again next Sunday. We'll be here with, with, with our church family. So God bless and thank you. And Pastor Dean is going to be sharing a word here. Very thankful for Pastor Dean. Hallelujah. I was preaching one time in Fargo, and uh, a fellow was introducing me, and he was going way overboard. <laughs> and going on, on, on. And so I just stood up and, come on, keep her going, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah, isn't God good? Last week, we were, I shared a, just a few thoughts on an idea for the coming year, maybe something that we could make a goal for. <clears throat> and not really a resolution, but just a goal. And that would be, this year I want to relax before God and just let him love me. So often we get so caught up in our duty and our responsibilities, and, but we need to learn how to let go and just allow his love to shine upon me to be the undergirding of my spiritual life. In John 17, at the end of that prayer that Jesus is praying for all believers, and it's right before he goes uh, into the garden and begins to submit his life to the Father, become the Lamb of God, and then go to the cross. But he says, Father, I pray that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them. Wow. And the strength of the, the foundation of the life of Jesus and the strength of his ministry and his walk on the earth was that he was walking in the awareness that God loved him completely. That was the power that undergirded him. Amen. If we can learn to let God love us, just love us. We'll be amazed at what our, how our heart responds to that. Then I can love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. But he is the first cause. We love because he first loved us. Amen.
such a simple thought, but yet profound as it affects our life. This morning, let's go to John 15. I just want to talk about a little bit, just a few thoughts here on developing our spirit to walk with God. Amen. In John 15 and verse 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And so he's talking about some of the, the demonstration things that he's done. But also here, he, you know, the fruit is answered prayer. God desires our heart to be exercised in his glory and in his presence to the extent where whatever we ask, we can receive. John and I think it was Andrew came to him and said, Lord, give us, we ask one request. Let us sit one on your right side and one on your left side when you come in your kingdom. He said, you don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> That's not mine to give. And so when Jesus makes open-ended promises like this, it's not like we can just ask whatever whim that comes into our heart or into our life. But if my, Jesus says, if my words abide in you, if my words allow your, the intent of your heart and the purposes of your will to be aligned with the kingdom, then in that cooperation, you can ask whatever you will. And it will be, I will do it for you. It will be done for you. Isn't that amazing? And so our goal is to get our, our heart, our inner man lined up with kingdom purpose. Praise God. And so this takes the request out of just my mental, my mind, even my natural desires. But it comes down deep into my heart. And we know the word of God, the written word of God is the will of God and all the promises that he's made there are yes and amen to us in Christ. But those aren't to be just uh, mentally operated in our life. The Holy Ghost has been given to us to constantly bear witness with truth, to be our teacher. He's constantly there to move through us, to cooperate with us. Amen. Our spirit is designed to be responsive to the word of God. Our spirit is designed to produce faith when it encounters the living word of God. This is how God has made us. That when God speaks, wow, my heart is impacted. My inner man is impacted. Glory be to God. One time I was 
we had had a reunion for, you know, of a church that I had pastored for a while, but we had a reunion, and I don't know, about 40, 50 people were there. And, and somebody brought some bad potato salad. <laughs> and we all got food poisoning. Or many of us did. And, you know, well, I don't know if you've ever been sick unless you've had <laughs> And, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the people just kind of got out of their system or whatever, but I had it for weeks, and I was just really having a hard time, and I was sweating and, and fever, and I just couldn't get rid of it. And one day I was reading out of James chapter 5 that the Spirit earnestly yearns for us, or God earnestly yearns for the Spirit that he's caused to live in us. There's two different ways that can be translated. But at any rate, that, that revelation hit me so strong. It had nothing to do with healing, but that revelation hit me and I was instantly healed. Instantly. The word has power. Revelation has power. The Holy Spirit is with, with us to bring about that kind of a divine, holy impact within our heart. Amen. Let's go to 2 Peter 1. And here we have a few things that God tells us to focus on to prepare our heart to be able to move with his glory, to move with his voice, and to move and put ourselves in, in, in alignment with him to be fruit bearers. In 2 Peter 1.3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Wow. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Let's agree with God today. That's me. He has granted me everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. So I set my heart to know him. I set my heart to have the revelation of who he is realized in the depth of my being. He called us by his own glory and excellence. He's called us into that union of understanding He's called us up into that place where our eyes can be open and we can see him and know him, enjoy him, fellowship with him. And the revelation of his glory works into my heart to bring me to, to one place of development, to another, to another, to another. A glorious process. For by these, his own glory and excellence, he has he has granted to us precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. God's destiny for us is to be partakers of the divine nature. What a calling, what a high and holy calling for us that we can participate 
in his very life. And so seeing this, holiness before us, he tells us for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And some of these things have to do with our decision. We choose the high road. Amen. But applying all diligence. And he lists some things here. I'm not going to read them all, but let's go down to verse 8. As we apply these things, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to keep our spirit in step with the Holy Spirit, in step with the kingdom of God, things need to be developing and increasing in our life. We cannot afford to come to a place where we're static. Where we can just rest and say, okay, I've got some good things now. Now I can just live. Hallelujah. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, this is the plan of God for our life. From glory to glory into his image. From glory to glory into his presence, into his likeness. Amen. And when, when our heart comes into alignment and is in that upward, upward pace, we're climbing the hill. Wow. Our prayers are full of life. We don't have to wait till we get to the top to have powerful prayers. We just need to be on the right road. We just need to be on the right road. I remember the, uh, the times back in the 70s when, you know, Lutheran churches were coming into the revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they had charismatic encounters with God. And there was such a thrill in those congregations. And they didn't really know too much at all about the Holy Spirit, but boy, they were thrilled. <laughs> remember those days? And then there were some Pentecostal churches that had been around for 130 years or whatever it was, you know. And they had so much knowledge and so much past experience, but they didn't have the thrill. And it was simply because they had lost sight of the progression. Didn't mean that God wasn't doing some things. He wasn't, you know, he was working and moving. But when we're on the progression, when we're climbing the hill of the glory of God and the understanding of him and we're moving forward, wow, there's an awe of God that pervades us. We can walk in that all our life through. We can catch that more and more as a congregation and it can always be here. It doesn't just have to be a short visitation. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. Let me just read one more scripture here. In Psalm 24. A Psalm of David. 
It's, you know, it's really simple to stay on the road. The Psalm of David, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. The world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And so the first direction here is the supreme sovereignty and glory of God. That's where our focus is brought to. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. He has found it upon the sea and established it upon the rivers. Then listen to the question, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Very personal, very internal walk with God. A clean heart. A pure heart. No divided motivations. Has not lifted up his soul to falsehood. Has not sworn deceitfully. Well, that's not too many hard commands. A clean hand, a pure heart. Back in the 70s, I was, had a really good friend. I mean, we were together all the time, and we were, you know, doing some weightlifting together and stuff. And he came, he kind of was getting to know the Lord, and first person I ever prayed for, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. I prayed for him, he got filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues. I thought, wow, have I ever got a gift here? <laughs> I, I, it might have been 10 years later before the next one came along. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my gift. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just enjoyed being with him, you know. But he was a gossiper. <laughs> and he would talk, 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 and say things that were just out of order, you know. And I remember I was driving my car one day, and God said, you have to break fellowship with him. You can't submit yourself to that. If we want to walk on this road, I mean, it's going to maybe cost us something. Peter was saying that, you know. We want to develop. You know, sometimes we can't hang around people that are just going to tear down the body. You know, and that's the big thing. They're tearing down and speaking against the body of Christ. No! It might make us feel elevated. It might make us feel like something to hear, you know, somebody else is doing not so good. <laughs> but we can't surrender our life to that. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And anyway, <laughs> so this church about, it was about an hour and a half for where this fellow lived or two hours of drive maybe, but anyway, somehow I was there and they wanted me to do a Sunday morning uh, class, Sunday school class, so I said okay, and uh, 
And I was preparing for the class, you know, and God says, I want you to give that example of this fellow and how you had to break fellowship with him. And I said, well, I haven't even talked to him yet. I can't say that publicly. I haven't even talked to him about it. <laughs> so I fought with God for quite a while over it. I said, oh, okay, I guess I'll obey. I walked out. He was sitting right <laughs> in the second row. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> and so, and he had another of our friends there. And so I, I, I didn't, you know, call him by name or anything. I just kind of give the general thing. This is what, you know, what I'm, where I've been and what's happening. And God has told me because of this situation and, you know, undisciplined speech and gossiping that I couldn't fellowship with his friend anymore. And his other friend sitting by him, he knew, and he was <laughs> nudging him the whole time, you know. <laughs> and anyway, we're still friends, this fellow. <laughs> and now he, he is serving God, and he travels around, goes to nursing homes, preaches the gospel, does fill-in preaching. Isn't God good? But there are things that affect us. If we want to ascend the hill... And to stay in step with the Spirit of God, there are certain things as we're seeking him that he'll tell us, I cannot be involved in that situation anymore. And it may cost us something. We may feel like we've lost something because I'm getting something out of that relationship. But I need to prize the search for God more than anything else. In verse 5, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. A standing before God. As we're moving up into that, our, our confidence before him grows and grows and grows. The testimony of my heart testifies that I am in good standing with God. I mean, there's two parts of righteousness. There's a standing I have because of the blood of Jesus but there, there's a standing because I'm staying in step with the Spirit of God. And that's what gives me confidence in my prayer life. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob, Selah. So I encourage, I just encourage you to consider this year, making it your goal, to be allowed, allow yourself to just be loved by God. Not according to how hard you work, not according to you know, your gifts and talents and all the things that you're doing. That's not your standing before him. You are loved because that's who he is. He is a God of love. He loves you totally, irrespective of anything you do. It never will change. You can't work and make it greater. You can't, you know... Be so bad that you lose it. He loves you the same always. And then as we bask in this love, we allow that love to be the force that brings us into transformation. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Can we just stand up together if you can? And let's just lay hands on somebody next to us and we're going to ask the Lord
together as a congregation to bring us into this rest of this love. That no matter what happens in our life, I know that I'm loved. I know that I'm loved. Father God, I thank you for your people. I thank you that you have chosen them from the foundations of the world. I thank you that you have set your love upon them. I thank you that the radius, the radiance of this bright love, Lord, and the, the brightness of the witness of their sonship with you, Lord, is burning bright. I ask that you open their heart, Lord, to realize that this love isn't dependent upon who they are, but it's on who you are, your character. Father God, open our eyes to see the beauty of this love. And together, Lord, together. And we come and share and testify. And that testimony will just excite and move and be the word of God that moves into our spirit. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you today. Thanks, Pastor Dean. <laughs> Praise God. I was, I was preaching that a few weeks ago when Travis was there. Mm -hmm. Thank you.